Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. The first reading is by Georges de Benville. The spirit of love will be intensified to godly proportions when reciprocal love exists between the entire human race and each of its individual members. That love must be based upon mutual respect for the differences in colour, language and worship, even as we appreciate and accept with gratitude the differences that tend to unite the male and female of all species. We do not find those differences obstacles to love. And a second reading from Daniel Ladinsky. I have a cause. We need those, don't we? Otherwise, the darkness and the cold gets in and everything starts to ache. My soul has a purpose. It is to love. If I do not fulfill my heart's vocation, I suffer. Have you ever experienced love in an unexpected place? Have you ever been surprised by the kindness of strangers? I want to talk about a young boy who was surprised by people very different from him 300 years ago. His name was George de Benville. He was born in London, the son of French Huguenot refugees. And this is how he described that early experience that he had. He wrote, when I arrived at the age of 12 years, it was designed that I should learn navigation. I was sent to sea in a vessel of war attached to a small fleet bound to the coast of Barbary with presents and to renew the peace with Algiers, Tunis and Tripoli. Being arrived at, Al arrived at Algiers, as I walked upon deck, I saw some Moors who brought refreshments to sell. One of them fell and injured one of his legs. Two of his companions, having laid him on the deck, kissed the wound and shed tears upon it. Then turning towards the rising of the sun, they cried in such a manner that I was moved with much anger and ordered my servant to bring them before me. Upon demanding a reason of their outcry, they, perceiving that I was angry, implored my pardon and told me the cause was owing to one of their brothers having hurt his leg by a fall, and that they kissed the wound in order to sympathise with him, and likewise shed tears upon it, and as tears were saltish, they were a good remedy for the hurt." And the reason for their turning towards the rising sun was to invoke him who created the sun to have compassion upon their poor brother and be pleased to heal him. Upon that, I was so convinced and moved within that I thought my heart would break and my life was about to leave me. My eyes were filled with tears and I felt such an internal condemnation that I was forced to cry out and say, are these men heathens? No, I confess before God they are Christians, and I myself 
I'm a heathen. Behold the first conviction that the grace of our sovereign good employed. He was pleased to convince a white person by blacks, one who carried the name of a Christian by a pagan and who was obliged to confess himself a heathen. And so the young Georges de Benville saw such compassion and love in these Muslim men. And it shocked him. His white European colonial Christian sense of superiority meant he thought the Christians were the ones who were capable of loving and everyone else was fallen. Everyone else was heathen. Everyone else was something far below that standard. He never met non-Christians before. And when he did, he realised that they were more Christian than he was. They were full of greater love and compassion than he was. He saw love in an unexpected place, a place he wasn't expecting it. And he saw how universal human love was. And he was shot out of his own prejudiced attitudes. When George de Benville grew up and considered these things, he thought about what it would mean if God's love flowed through Muslims as well as Christians. If that were true, how could it be that Christians were saved and Muslims weren't? He also worried about his own salvation, as many people did in those days, getting anxious about these sorts of things. He worried about all the things he'd done wrong. Would he be saved, he thought? Would God's love include him? He was an intensely religious young person, worrying about these things. And then he had a vision, several visions, in fact, where he realised He was loved by God, and so was everyone else. One of his visions was of a kind of a paradise. And you know I'm very interested in the image and the metaphor of paradise, the symbol of paradise. So this interests me a lot. He wrote, while I lay in this week's state, I was favoured through grace with many visions. In one of them, it appeared to me that I was conducted into a fine plain filled with all kinds of trees, agreeable both to the sight and smell, and loaded with the most delicious fruits, which came to my mouth and satisfied me as with a great river of pleasure. At the same time, I beheld the inhabitants who were beautiful beyond expression, clothed in garments white as snow. They were filled with humility and divine love. They saluted me with a profound reverence, saying with a voice of love which penetrated me, Dear soul, take courage, be comforted, and in a little time you shall behold the wonders of God in the restoration, without exception, of all the human species. the restoration without exception of all the human species. This is universalism, the belief 
in the boundless universal love for the entire human race without exception and for each one in particular. Georges de Benville practiced as, as a medical doctor, but he also spent a great deal of his time throughout his long life preaching this universalist gospel. He preached it in England, in France, in Germany, and eventually in the United States. He's one of the founding fathers of universalism. I'm part of this general assembly of Unitarian free Christian churches because I love our tradition so much. I love our, our, our diverse and complex history with its spiritual riches, with its spiritual teachings. And those traditions have come under many different names, many different movements, Presbyterian, independent, free Christian, general Baptist, Unitarian Christian, free religious, universalist, Cookite Methodist. We do really do have a, a very complicated history. But the part that I find myself excited by is George de Benville's universalism because of that emphasis on the holy divine, universal, boundless, unconditional love that binds together all of humanity. Also, I kind of like Georges because when you read about him, you just he kind of comes across as a, as a genuinely humble, gentle, nice old man. He lived to a great age. He lived to 90, which in the 18th century was it was a pretty good age to live to um, and the, the people who wrote about him after he died who knew him has a real sense that they have this just huge amount of respect and love for this gentle wise man I'm really more of a universalist than a Unitarian you know I don't believe in the Trinity but that's not the centre of my faith. The centre of my faith is a commitment to divine love. That's what I want to root my life in. That's what I want to try to make the foundation of my life and my faith. We can discover that love in unexpected places. It's universal. And that means its, it's potential is in every person. Most of us will have started life with an experience of unconditional love from our parents. Tragically, not everyone, but most people. But that doesn't mean that our, our family relationships are always easy or, 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 or not complicated. But for most people, we do begin with unconditional love and care because we were all born completely helpless, entirely helpless when we were born. And we've only got to live as long as we have because someone looked after us. None of us would be here today unless someone looked after us and fed us for months, for years, for decades. 
But love is bigger than just family. It can come in many forms. It can come from people very different from us. Like Georges de Benville discovered, it can come from people of a different race, a different religion or, or language from us. And we discover it is universal. It's not just in our family, our tribe, our way of looking at the world, but there is a universal potential of love. There is a universal human calling to love that is answered by people of all different types, not just my type, not just people who are like me. But love can also come from within, in the discovery in the depths of our own heart. One of the reasons Georges de Benville is not better known in our history is his mysticism, his emphasis on prayer. He had these visions and near-death experiences, and we became a little bit too rational for that kind of thing. These kind of things began to be an embarrassment for us. So many of us modern, rational, Western people have, have so neglected the heart that we don't really know how to tune in to listen to that music. And if you can't hear the music, then the people who are dancing look like they're mad. If you can't hear the beat that they're dancing to. But the experience of people like Georges de Benville suggests that if we sit and listen to our heart deeply enough, which is what Georges de Benville said that we must do, if we do that, we can begin to discover a wellspring of love that is bigger and deeper and wider than we ever thought possible. That's what I believe. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here in this moment doing this work, because I believe that. Because of that discovery that within every person, a still small voice whispers of love and everlasting arms embrace us in love. There is a universal power present in every person that says, I love you. Our tradition calls it God. But that's just a word, a particular word from a particular culture and religious place. Don't worry about the word. Open to the experience, to the possibility. Deepen into love as deeply as you are capable of going. And we'll worry about what to call it later. I want to end today with this story from Bill Sinkford, who was the, is the former president of the American Unitarian Universalist Association. He said this, 
My son Billy, then 15 years old, had overdosed on drugs and it was unclear whether he would live. As I sat with him in the hospital, I found myself praying. First, the selfish prayers for forgiveness, for the time not made, for the too many trips, for the many things unsaid, and sadly for a few things said that should never have passed my lips. But as the night darkened, I finally found the pure prayer, the prayer that only asked that my son would live. And late in the evening, I felt the hands of a loving universe reaching out. The hands of God, the spirit of life, the name was unimportant. I knew that those hands would be there to hold me, whatever the morning brought. And I knew, though I cannot tell you how, that those hands were holding my son as well. I knew that I did not have to walk that path alone, that there is a love that has never broken faith with us and never will. <laughs>